And um, to people uh, tuning in tonight, uh, welcome and congratulations for your dedication on a Friday night um, coming to our pop-up Zoom debate. This is the first of our pop-up Zoom debate that the Academy of Ideas Education Forum have ever done. At the start of the week, there was no uh, Zoom debate, but a few of us were communicating and uh, we decided to seize the moment and very quickly organize tonight's Zoom debate. And the, the theme tonight is time to scrap GCSE exams. But the truth of the matter is the title could be time to scrap exams um, because it's much more broader than the GCSE exams. I'm Kevin Rooney. I'm a member of the uh, Education Forum uh, and I'm a teacher. And uh, you might see the face of Harley, uh, the ball gentleman at some point. Harley's also a member of the Education Forum and uh, He's also our tactical man on the evening and he might be coming in with a few announcements as well. And he'll be pressing the buttons and keeping me on the straight and narrow because I'm notorious for being uh, a bit of a Luddite and technically illiterate. So welcome, plan of action. We've got two speakers, Dave Perks and Alex Standish are both members of the Education Forum. Uh, and Dave is a head teacher and um, Alex is a, a geography teacher trainer. Uh, and Dave will speak first for five minutes and then Alex will speak after that for five minutes. Now, Dave is 100% rock solid opposed to the elimination or even the restriction of exams. He wants to defend exams until the death and he's gonna tell you why. Alex is also in favor of retaining exams accepts some criticisms of exams that they, they're not perfect and some of the criticisms may be justified, but absolutely on balance, it's dangerous to do away with any of the exams at this uh, current moment. Let me express my declaration of interest, um, even though I'm gonna be a very neutral chair. The education forum uh, members don't always agree with each other and I would be relatively sympathetic to the calls to reform assessment in English schools. And um, I'm not opposed myself to probably doing away with GCSE exams. Um, I'm fairly open-minded on the question. Um, so I thought I'd let you know about that. I think the conversations we're gonna to have tonight are to what extent are English schools obsessed with exams? Uh, to what extent does the tail wag the dog in English education? Are our schools becoming exam factories and killing intellectual curiosity? Or are those criticisms not warranted? And are the arguments to do away with exams uh, a huge problem and that the cure is much worse than the disease, so to speak? Um, I think, uh, last week thing I wanna say is about the context. So the context of the discussion is COVID. And what we have is uh, the emergence of a very powerful new campaign group called Rethink Assessment, who were uh, who emerged last week and came public, and they're made up of most of the leading private independent schools and uh, most of the academy uh, trust academies, and the the clear majority of head teachers it seems all want to either do away with GCSE exams or drastically eliminate them, and they make no apologies for using the context of COVID nineteen. Uh, as an opportunity to, to refashion, reshape the education system and assessment and exams. I think that I just want to finally say there's lots of different ways into this discussion tonight. You've got the philosophical angle, 
You've got the discussion about practicality. You've got the longer term arguments for and against exams. You've got the short term arguments. You've got the context of COVID and whether or not um, the conversation about exams in the current moment is really uh, a Trojan horse for trying to completely refashion and reshape English education. It doesn't really matter what angle you want to come from. Ask any question you wish and absolutely give us your views and comments. And we will finish the whole conversation debate by about 20 past eight. At very, very latest, we might go on to 8.30. That's all I've got to say. Dave's going to go first, uh, followed by Alex. But can I just check, Harley, do you want to come in with any little um, points of information about the technical bits or anything else? Uh, yeah, just a couple of things. Let me just uh, put myself on screen, if it'll let me. Um, Okay, so um, the uh, hopefully people can hear me uh, and see me. So yeah, Kevin mentioned this is a pop-up debate. It's our first pop-up date for debate. We've done lots of Zoom uh, debates um, since lockdown started. Uh, in the days before lockdown, when the education forum met face-to-face -face rather than on the screen, um, after a heated debate, we'd head down the the pub after our events to carry on the discussion and from time to time people might feel moved by the organizers at Pine. Um, so the Zoom event, the events like this one are free to attend but they do cost money to run. We're volunteers at the Education Forum but the staff in the AOI office who make everything happen behind the scenes haven't been furloughed. They've kept going throughout lockdown, they're hosting events every week. So if you would like to help the Academy keep its work going or even if you just fancy putting the price of a pint or two our way, that would be greatly appreciated. And I'll just put a link to the donation form up in the chat in a second. Um, if you would, if you enjoy this discussion um, and you would like to find out about future educational forum events, we run them every few weeks. We have a mailing list and I'll post the link to that too. And lastly, this is being recorded to go up on the Academy website, but we do want people to feel that they can speak as openly and as honestly as possible. So if there's anything you say that you then want edited out for public consumption, um, do drop me a line. That's back to Kevin. Okay, thanks, Harley. And without further ado, Dave, let's hear your thoughts, please. Okay, um, so I'm sure people have been following the news on this, but um, the big, big thing over the last 24 hours is that um, the uh, Scottish Education Minister has pulled the plug on GCSEs or the equivalent in Scotland and said that they're going to somehow create an assessment based on coursework. Um, I have not a clue how they're going to do that, but uh, but if you like, this debate is extremely prescient because now the pressure is on for the English system and uh, the rest of the uh, four countries to sort of decide wh which way they're going to go. Um, and with the Scottish uh, decision being made uh, seemingly independently, um, then you know it's it's not looking good. Um, and uh, I believe there's a, a speech um, expected from Gavin Williamson next week on this issue uh, to try and put the English uh, position uh, out there. And, you know, up until this point, um, the government had been you know, full square behind commitment to the uh, current um, sort of wave of exams uh, and, and uh, you know, committing to a summer 2021 with maybe a three-week delay, 
which is a pretty much the substance of what the response to COVID amounted to at the time then that was announced. There have been several adjustments from different examinations, from different subjects, removing some elements of the practical element of examinations. Um, the famous one, English GCSE, poetry was made uh, semi-voluntary um, uh, rather than a compulsory element within the, within the course. Uh, for, for what reason, no one can really understand, but it, it happened. So what we're facing, it would seem to me, is the system on the verge of collapse. So, I mean, I, I do not think this is about COVID. I do not think this is about how we get through the next three, six, 12 months. This is about how we understand the education system as a whole. And so my argument is simple. If we let it go now, the, the examination system is finished. It will not come back. And, we, you know, whatever your reservations about um, the current nature of the examination system, if we lose it, we kind of lose the only mechanism we have got that gives any fairness uh, for children facing judgment on a public level, whether that be a to 16 or 18 and if we lose that I really dread to think what mess we will be in um, and, and you know the the politicization of education has always been something that people I've known have argued against well this one is going to open it right up and we will be in an absolutely dire situation I have always known that if um, Labour had won the last election, we would have lost this argument then, there and then immediately, because um, they, the, the, the sentiment against the examination system that is supposedly uh, you know, a Tory project um, is, is, is riddled through the education establishment. So in a sense, it's no surprise that the rush to attack GCSEs uh, emerges during the COVID crisis. And also um, the comments um, yesterday um, by the chair of the uh, Oasis Academies Trust, whose name I forget, so I'm just going to get it right because uh, he deserves being Mr. Chalk. Uh, is it Stephen Chalk? I think it is. Yes, right. Stephen Chalk. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so he, his, his point is that, no, it's not, it's not about COVID, it's about the examination system, full stop, scrap the lot and turn it into a, a coursework uh, assessment, a teacher uh, assessment. And, uh, you know, but I personally had a large role in the discussion to get rid of coursework out of the GCSE system because of the nature of it being uh, so distorted and maligned that is effectively organized cheating on a mass scale. And uh, I say that and I don't say it lightly um, because uh, you know, the, the, the essence of it was is that you can boost the grades of kids by just using coursework uh, and manipulating it in such a way that you guarantee good marks regardless of the kid. And that was the situation which meant that, um, you know, 2014, 2016, the pressure was there to remove it and uh, and that was taken out of the current GCSE system. And I think rightly so, absolutely rightly so. So why, why do I think the examination system 
is worth defending. And what do I mean when I say it's fair? It's fair because it's the most objective way we've got of judging pupils um, against each other uh, in a uh, public national examination based on uh, an attempt to teach a subject via a curriculum that uh, is commonly understood. And that is, if you like, uh, the best way of then uh, using that judgment uh, to gain access to further or higher education and, and so forth. Uh, and, and that means studying a subject academically, not just being there, right? So there's a huge difference between the two. And I think therefore, if we have a, an education system that is, is geared around that kind of um, success, then we will drive the pupils to do better and better and we will be able to uphold an, uh, a high standard of education across the country and and be able to push for subject based education to be the cornerstone of, of what we deliver and that we would have to um, deliver subjects uh, in the best way possible. Everything else, the criteria based approach rather than the norm reference based approach to educational assessment is just uh, already been proven to be a disaster and opened up to everything other than subject based academic education. It's the devaluing of knowledge, the devaluing of um, any attempt to you know, instill in, in children a search for the truth, search for, for the value of, of education. It becomes gaining qualifications by any means necessary, which is the accountability driven system that nearly destroyed uh, the education system under uh, uh, the, the old new Labour regime, blankets et al, national targets and all the rest of it, which got us nowhere, um, despite the fact a lot of people uh, you know, stand, stand by it uh, in terms of uh, it driving up standards. Uh, I think it did nothing of the sort and actually uh, ruined our attempt to teach, teach kids uh, uh, anything worthwhile. It was a game, a game in which the schools were competing for plaudits against a, an accountability system that meant nothing for the individual child and their education. We're about to see the return of that en masse if we don't hold by a, a, an external standard, a standard of objectivity, which is a child being tested against their knowledge in a particular subject. And without that, uh, we are looking at an absolute disaster. Now, I know people would disagree with me and, and uh, have a fight about it, uh, but that's, that's good. I like that. Um, but I think you just got to realise that we are on the brink. We are facing the absolute end of the system that has held together the uh, English education system since, since, the, the, since the war, really. Um, and, and I think uh, without that, all the gains of mass education risk being chucked in the dustbin and replaced with being there, some kind of criteria-based assessment that will judge you on anything but your knowledge and your ability to understand something, 
uh, whether it's for emotional well-being uh, or, or other criteria or just the fact that you can produce lots of bits of paper when someone asks you to right so I, I can't go far enough in, in, in stressing the importance of this uh, moment um, so <laughs> I hate to say this, Kevin, but I completely disagree with you, but there you go. So that makes for a, at least an interesting argument amongst ourselves. All right. So I, I'll leave it there uh, and see what, how people respond. Thank you. Great, Dave. Absolutely brilliant. You've let it on the line. Happy days. Um, and without further ado, Alex, um, over to you when you're ready, please. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. So I've got to follow, follow the head teacher. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Dave and I, I think, uh, are obviously, are both going to um, defend exams, and um, uh, but and but perhaps from slightly different ways. Um, I guess, you know, reading the blurb about this um, this debate tonight, I mean, it uh, the way it was set up, I think, is maybe slightly different from the, the way the debate is and the way Dave was talking about it. I think there are two questions there. You know, one is should we um, one is, should we cancel next year's exams, which I think is more sort of the, the live debate we're having now. And I tend to agree with Dave that if we do, I think it would be gone um, you know, for, for a long time. Um, but the second one is, you know, and, and this is the way that it was written, do we want to reform um, our assessment and examination system or qualification system? Um, and so that, you know, that one's a broader discussion, um, but I, I don't think that's most of what's um, going on now. Yes, you, you mentioned the campaign for rethinking assessment, but I don't know that they're quite as big and powerful as, as you suggest. Um, but, um, you know, that second question, should we reform our exam system, um, is something that I think is an op a more open discussion. And I think, um, you know, we recognise there have been, that, that perhaps GCSEs, O-levels GCSEs were set up at a time when there was a, um, uh, children were leaving school at 16, and obviously now it's 18. So, you know, I think there is there is some there is a potential discussion to have there. But anyway, I think that's you know maybe we'll come to that later on this evening. But let me come back to what what I think is is the, the main discussion here, which is should we cancel next year's exams? Um, and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna argue no. But let me start off by saying that I think um, I agree with what was said in the the blurb that um, schools place too much emphasis on exams, and. Um, uh, so I'm going to argue that I think they're being used in the wrong way. I think I think if we make a distinction between um, exams being used um, to measure schools and teachers and making judgments on the performance of schools and teachers versus exams being used to make judgments on pupils. And I think they should be used for the latter. That's what they were created for. And we're misusing them when we um, when we apply them to schools um, and teachers and we make them more important because the schools and the teachers know they're being judged on them. Um, and that leads them down a path where they tend to uh, um, take more responsibility for making sure those children do well. Um, as Gert Biesta says in his, his great book, Good Education in an Age of Measurement, in this performativity culture, means become ends in themselves so that the targets and indicators of quality become mistaken for quality itself. So, you know, exams have become, teaching to the test, exams have become the thing that schools are most interested in instead of broader educational aims. Um, and because of this, as I said, 
I think that leads to teaching to the test, coaching, just you know, doing whatever you can to get those children, um, you know, to to a higher grade. Um, and in a previous era, um, or previous decade, I should say, uh, this was um, termed professional cheating by Douglas Holley. Yet today, um, you know, this is the the norm in all schools. So yes, if that's something needs to change, um, but it, I'd say it's more that we need to change the way in which exams are used, not um, to get rid of them. Um, so I got three points as to why I think exams are important um, uh, and, and we should retain them. Um, so one is uh, because they are a culmination of learning. Um, exams provide students uh, with a focus and an endpoint um, to work towards. Uh, and as such, you know, you know that. We all of us know what it's like to work under pressure when we have a deadline to work towards. Uh, we've all been through exams. Um, and that pressure can be a creative process. It, it focuses your attention, it focuses your time, and um, it, it, um, it, it's something to work towards. And I think, you know, also related to that, that's a life lesson. That's something we, we uh, you know, as young people have to learn as they grow up to work under pressure, um, to work to a deadline, um, and to perform um, on a particular day. So I think in, in that sense, they're useful. Um, and that sort of leads me into my second point, which is I think they teach young people to take responsibility for their own success. And, you know, exams are a, a, a stepping stone to, you know, to, to higher education, to training. Um, and as such, you know, the kids are taking responsibility um, for, for making those steps themselves. They know it when they, when they prepare for an exam, when they go to the exam room, it's all on them. Yes, the teachers could help them beforehand, but they know um, it's down to them. And that's a good thing, I think. It's a, it's a valuable um, life lesson that, um, uh, you know, as I said, I think teachers' responsibility. Um, so again, that's a, that's a great reason for keeping exams. It's an intrinsic motivation for them too. Um, and my third point, same as Dave was saying, really, they're, they're objective assessment, okay, that, uh, you know, teachers, uh, wonderful as teachers are, they invest, they invest themselves in um, children's education. They work with them for years. They, they work with them to improve um, their performance. They want them to succeed, which is what they should do. Um, but because of that, they're not the best people to judge them, okay, because they're personally invested in them. So in most school systems around the world, uh, you know, we separate teaching from examination because um, it, it can be objective. Okay, and just... Um, yeah, so to sum up, I mean, not, you know, we shouldn't minimise the disruption they've had, okay? Obviously, they've been out of, a lot of them are out of school for months, um, varying amounts, and we know that, um, you know, there was differences in the way the online provision, um, some children had access to, to, uh, uh, to, you know, to computers and online learning, others didn't, so we shouldn't minimise that, and that should be part of the discussion, and obviously there could be more disruption down the way. Um, but I guess, you know, we are where we are. And the question is, what's the best way forward for those, for those children, um, their education and their future? Um, and I would suggest that um, exams, um, you know, exams, putting children through exams is a positive thing. We should be giving them as normal an experience as possible and, and giving them that opportunity. So if, if you've had a bad experience, at least you've got the opportunity between now and next summer to catch up um, to work and you know and, and perform your best. Um, the suggestion, which is 
what most people objecting to exams, the suggestion that they are and are necessary for stress, stress for students right now, and that because of all this disruption, you know, we shouldn't put them through this. I think I see that as an evasion of responsibility for, um, you know, for, for putting children through something. Most, most of, I mean, I, I don't have data on this, but most of whom I think would want to have um, uh, the exams themselves. Certainly my daughter, uh, who's due to take A-levels next year, uh, really wants to have the exams. She thinks they're fairer, fairer way to judge her. And, you know, it's about them putting in their, in their effort and achieving it for themselves. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my intro. Alex, that's dead on. Um, thank you very, very much. Um, can I say to the people who are listening, um, can you get ready to uh, raise your hands uh, if you want to ask questions? But Dave and Alex, I'm going to do something unusual. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, do this teacher style. So rather than sort of ask you a, a long probing question, I'm going to ask you, uh, both of you, half a dozen questions, but you, own, you have to answer yes or no. That's all I want to hear, yes or no, but you're allowed to say a bit of both. And when we're answering the questions, I want Dave to answer first and then Alex to answer second. So here we go. Are you ready, lads? Okay, go on, go on, go on, go on. Now, you've sort of touched on some of these already, but here we go. Dave, you'll, you'll always answer first. Yes, no, or a bit of both, and then I'll come, Alex. Uh-huh. Do you think the time missed last year in many schools because of COVID, especially the fact that certain working class kids missed out on online teaching, and also, as Steve Chalk said yesterday on Radio 4 Today program, the fact that the majority of his 50 schools have already had year groups of year 11 and year 13 dropping out, missing... Oh, uh, get weeks. on with it, Kevin. Come on. So the question is, do you think it's fair to have the exams in the summer? If kids yes, done. Yes, 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 yes. Alex? Yes. Second question, Kenneth Baker introduced GCSEs. He says they no longer make sense today. Do you agree? No. Alex? No, but there's some, just, you know, happy to have some discussion on that. Good, we'll get the discussion. Question three, do you trust teachers to assess students? No. <laughs> no. Alex? They're not the best people to expect, assess Students, no. So you don't trust them. Great. Four, is it sensible to have high stakes exam at age 16 and again at age 18? Yes. Alex? In the current system, yes. Fifth question, do you accept that many schools have become little more than exam factories in the last decade? Uh, um... That would depend on whether there are any, any good at long. it. I want a yes or no or a bit of both. I don't even know I can answer your question. Fine. Alex? There are a lot of exam factors out there, yes. Great. Last question. Do we need to rethink the way we assess pupils? Dave? No. Alex? No. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm open to... Um, talking about when we assess them and um, 
Uh, but that's you know that's tied, I think, to bigger bigger changes in the curriculum. Brilliant. Okay, so I'm about to take people who want to ask questions, <laughs> but just while I find the people who want to ask questions, if there's any hands showing, Harley's going to help me. Yeah. Ever so. If people want to participate, if they've got something to say, uh, a question, a comment, um, an objection, whatever it might be, um, you need to find the participants button, which will probably be down the bottom of your screen, but it might be somewhere else. And it's then the um, select rain so hands. Sorry? Yeah. It's at the top of mine, so it can yeah. be so either. Look, look around for the participants button, and once you've selected that, you'll find there's an option to raise your hand. And then if you do that, then Kevin will be able to see you're uh, ready to speak. So. Thank you, Harley. We've got almost an hour for question, comments, debate. But Dave, you were busting yeah. to to elaborate when I wouldn't let you um, go beyond the yes or no. Do you want to quickly elaborate on any of those answers um, to the question? Um, I can't remember exactly what the, the questions were. They're so quick. Um, uh, but uh, I think um, yeah, you, you, uh, you, you're throwing stuff at me. Um, uh, uh, it was exam factories. You had oh, exam factories. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. the, the exam factories thing. It was like it's a bogus thing. It's like because I think uh, schools manipulate the system enough to then not be an exam factory, but a grade factory, an assessment uh, criteria factory. So um, you know, dare I say this? I'm going to say it. Some very large academy chains constrain their curriculum in order to maximize the outcome against the assessment as judged uh, schools are judged by like progress eight etc etc and so they limit the amount of subjects kids can do they maximize the time on the ones that are more valuable because you get twice as much for maths and english uh, and so therefore they're playing a big game so if that's what you mean the answer is absolutely yes on the other hand if you mean are schools trying to get kids the best results by, by teaching them uh, effectively in subjects, then, well, I would love to think that was the case. And I know a few schools are trying their best, but very few are giving kids the option to do subjects that would take them somewhere different. I like, I like to think we do. So there you go. Thanks, Dave. That, that, was, that was interesting. And do you want a quick um, slight elaboration of any point before I go to our first question, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think on on the you know when they're they're assessed. I mean, I I um I you know obviously there has been a change over generation from the leaving age going up to eighteen, and personally, I think we narrow the curriculum too soon. You know, I'd like to see children studying subject more subjects up to the age of eighteen, um, and so um, you know if that was the case, then. Uh, you know, maybe you'd want some, uh, you know, some some other assessments at, at, at that age. Um, but the problem is now. So I, th I think, there's, you know, there could be a discussion about reform. But, um, you know, that's that's not the discussion I don't I think going on right now. I think people are trying to tear down GCSEs and as linked to the national curriculum and tear down exams because they, they think they're too much for kids to handle. Um, but, um, uh, you know, if you took away GCSEs now, then all you'd have be have with the the only proper qualifications you'd have would be A levels or vocational qualifications, and so you'd lose that broad base of um, assessment qualifications that GCSE gives you. Because right now GCSEs matter. You go out into the world, uh, you know, to an employer, 
um, to a university and you know they look at your GCSEs they they, they count for something in society and so okay uh, it'd be a bad idea to take them away now so you you're justifying GCSEs for instrumentalist reasons for employers for going out into the big world so your fact of your argument for GCSEs is not really educational as such, but to have sorting people for employers in the big world? Is that what you're saying? I think they have more than one um, uh, uh, reason, more, more than one purpose, okay? They, they, have, they, they, they count for something educationally, and, but they, they, of course they count for something in the, in the big wide world too. Okay, thanks, Alex. Great, um, lads, uh, Dave and Alex, sit back, relax, get your pen and paper ready. There's lots of people queuing up to ask you questions. We're going to go with, um, uh, in this order, Gareth, Alka, Steve, and then Connor. Gareth, whenever you're ready. <clears throat> okay, um, you can hear me okay? Yeah. Perfect. Brilliant. Uh, right, so, well, some people might be aware I, I, I've, you know, been one of those people writing about this and, and have been arguing for the retention of exams. Um, and, and, you know, some of that is because Dave, in conversations I've had with him, has persuaded me that they are the glue that keeps the, the system together. I think, he's, I think he's right about that. I still don't quite share his um, complete pessimism about it, that if, if we lose them now that's the end of everything because i guess I'd, i i still do have a little bit of ambivalence about exams in as much well for two reasons really that yes they offer an, a, a measure of objective objectivity and I've, i'll argue for that but you have to set that against the fact that you know it's it's a sort of one day snapshot about what what people know and I, do, I don't necessarily think that that is the best way to um, to assess what someone knows. It might be part of the solution, but I don't know if if it's the whole story. You know, how you did on a particular Tuesday afternoon in a particular year, is that really reflective of your knowledge? Is that really what we mean by objective? Um, and secondly, you know, for the past, past couple of years, I've been teaching kids at the other end of the a sort of spectrum who leave school with just about nothing um, and their lack of performance in exams has taught them only that they that their education was valueless pointless and that they're a failure um, and I think that is part of where people like Steve Chalk are coming from that for whatever reason people leave school if they have not performed well in exams they see no value in the education and for as much as exams are important we have to tackle that problem or we're not going to win the argument i think against people who do want to tear them down and just just scrap them and scrap them as quick as possible thanks garth that was really interesting and alka straight on to yourself thank you <clears throat> sorry i'm just trying to get my video up Oh, hi. Hello. Um, yes, I think it, um, I, I think I mean, if it's exams that are holding the education system together, then I think that that's indicative of the real of such a major problem in the way that Gareth just spoken about, because it really shouldn't be an exam system that's holding the education system together. And I think it's worth remembering um, a bit historically that it was um, 
you know, not every, we haven't always had an education system based on exams. There were O levels, but it was the Labour Party that um, pushed for uh, non-O level students to have to have what then became CSCs, um, CSCs, you know, in a bid to sort of under the, you know, under, for the reason that that was a way of equalising educational opportunities, but that was still very tied to an economic reason. And, you know, the idea you have those better opportunities to get these grades to then get into the world of work. So, um, but, you know, like Alex said, there were kind of, you know, exams have had two, at least, you know, at least two functions. And at that point, their educational, their educational content and function and the belief in education was very strong, which was why they did exams weren't used in the way they are used now. So my question is, in a situation where today, I don't believe that I'm not sure that um, exams do count for that much because you have so much grade inflation. Now, I'm not sure they have the same function as, you know, economic function that they used to have. Um, <clears throat> so what are they actually used for exactly? And I mean, there's certainly a kind of they're used for a kind of systematization. Their figures are number crunched and fed into international league tables and comparative charts and what, all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I remain a little bit puzzled as to what their actual function is now. Thank you very much. Really interesting contributions. And next we've got Steve and after Steve, it'll be Connor. Hang on, I need to unmute myself. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Here you go, yeah. I was muted before. Um, I, there's, the punchline to an old joke is that I wouldn't start from here. Um, and it, what I mean by that is that I'm fairly sympathetic to the idea that exams are the, perhaps the least bad way we've got of assessing what we currently assess. Um, we've talked about the various limitations and, and weaknesses of them, which, are, which I agree with, but other systems have weaknesses that are at least as serious. But that is based on the assumption that you have a fairly traditional academic curriculum with a large factual knowledge base that you want kids to be able to re reproduce chunks of in a limited amount of time. If that's what you want to test, then we test it quite appropriately. If you want to test a different kind of curriculum or a, or a more varied curriculum, then you need to look at an assessment system that is also more varied and, and more fit for purpose. So I, the session is not about curriculum and I'm not gonna try and sidetrack us into that. But I do think part of the answer to the question we are asking is, what are you trying to assess? And if what you're trying to assess is what we currently have, it's kind of all right with, with limitations. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't start from there. The other very quick thought I had was, any sort of significant change is gonna take time and it's not gonna be ready in any kind of sensible way by next summer. Um, even if you spent the next six or seven months furiously designing a non-exam based system that might work as well differently. I can't see that there's any chance of that coming in nationally, either in Scotland or England. And I think Scotland have created a real problem for themselves. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Um, thank you very much. And Connor, on you go. Thanks. Um, I guess this is maybe more aimed at, at some of the, uh, Dave's comments early on, but uh, maybe Alex and Chip in or other people. Um, you know, I've obviously got a wee bit of skin in the game as an examiner as well, so I'm not about to talk myself out of you know my, my summer uh, money. Um, obviously, I do have criticisms of the exams. I, I was involved in some of the discussions about Excel around about the 2016, uh, the, the new specification exams for science, 
and the, the pilots that they'd run. And about 60,000 students took the pilot for Edexcel. Um, that was when they were in year 10. And they never released anything approaching grade boundaries for that. Uh, and this relates to the question about criteria referencing or norm referencing. So when they looked at the, the, the score distributions for some of those papers in science, um, some of the median scores were, were like 20% on, on papers, which meant that you know the vast majority of, of candidates got the vast majority of item, items wrong. So although you can plot that on a normal distribution, it's skewed, skewed towards the, the, the lower end. And you can recalibrate your exams and you can you know, give a more easy items and harder items and so on. But even with that, on, on the, the new specification A levels, we sometimes see papers where you can get half the items wrong and get an A grade. So although it does allow you to a degree to discriminate between the candidates, is it really telling us how much they, those candidates, even at the highest end of the grade distribution, have captured knowledge of the subject? And I assume that that applies to other subjects, not just mine, science and biology. So um, I guess my question there is, I don't really, I haven't really got a firm opinion about where I feel on criteria reference examinations over norm reference ones, but just that it doesn't seem to me that that the uh, norm reference ones are necessarily more robust because because given the difficulty with the difficulty given the difficulty of proportioning. Uh, easier and difficult items across that, and I know that's iterative, but I don't see why that couldn't also apply to a criteria referenced um, assessment system. Can you not just make criteria more robust or add in more difficult criteria, that kind of thing? So just, I guess, curious where you would stand on that. Connor, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm allowed to ask what appear to be stupid questions, um, which Dave can sort of laugh at. When you pick up the discussion about criteria references, norm references, a lot of people won't understand the whole debate, what that means. But my question to you is, when you have an exam, do you think that exams need to be designed in a way where you separate people into a certain amount of um, A's, B's, C's, level nines, eight, seven, six, rather than an exam just being how much a kid knows without building in a discriminating line between them. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or is that too radical or too silly a suggestion that I'm putting forward? No, it's, no, I think it's a fair question. It's something I've thought about myself and I'm not sure where I really stand on it. But I, I can only really see the pressure to have norm referencing and therefore comparisons between students and ranking students and so on if there is some sort of scarcity externally in wherever the exams are supposed to before. So if it is in the case, say, Alex and employers and jobs or access to courses, if there is scarcity of access to courses, scarcity of jobs, I can see why people would argue for norm referenced um, assessment allocation. Um, I, but then I would be against, I, I, I would critique a society that has that degree of scarcity um, because then it impacts on the way that we rank students. And I'm not sure I'm 100% comfortable with that, but I do understand why it happens. I've got you. Brilliant. And Alex and Dave, you can pick up whatever you want, but can I be honest? I'm particularly interested in something Alka said, Dave, which is if exams are the only thing that's holding the education system together, we're up shit creek without a paddle, effectively. And that's not a very good argument for <laughs> no. working to obtain exams, is it? Question mark. No, but it's not a good argument for anything. I mean, uh, if we're already up Shit Creek, what does it matter if we go down the left channel? You know, it's like, um, I don't think that's the point. Um, okay, look, uh, Alka went back to O-Level and CSE. My God, uh, that's a long way back. I taught the last year of O-Level. I'm that old. 
Um, uh, so, uh, and that was O-level electronics, which uh, is uh, even more rare. Anyway, uh, and Newcastle-upon-Tyne of all places. Um, however, if you are teaching some knowledge, an exam is the way you assess it. That's it. It's chalk and cheese. They, you know, it's like they, not chalk and cheese. Sorry, it's bread and butter. They go together. You can't can't separate them, right? Yeah. You can't separate them, and and therefore um, that is just a sort of a misunderstanding, right? As far as I'm concerned, uh, in what, what we're doing as teachers. Um, if we're not teaching them something, then you can do what you like, right? Uh, you can assess it in a different way, um, but. Uh, I think if, if it's a knowledge-based uh, curriculum, then, uh, and that doesn't mean just rote learning, that means understanding and applying as well, then an examination is the best way to, to do that. Um, so uh, I think um, Alka's point uh, linked in a little bit on uh, uh, Connor's point on the grade, grade inflation and, and whether an exam where you only need 30% to get a, a pass mark is, is a worthwhile exam. There is some truth in that, but what it tells you is about how we as a nation are achieving our set goal of teaching a particular subject, whether it's mathematics or whatever. And if we're having to set grade boundaries that low to achieve a pass mark to satisfy political directives that so many people must pass, then we are failing to do that job and we are not teaching the subject. That is true. That is a truth about the education system is that we are not very good at doing what we set out to do. Uh, and so the argument for me is that we should, we should be improving teaching in all schools to lift the, the capacity of kids to do better in the subjects that we're, we value. It's not even the, the side subjects, these are the core subjects and we can't do it. We have kind of admitted failure by, by doing that. And I think that is the sort of unwritten truth, the sort of hidden truth amongst it. But that's not the examination system. That's, that's us not having the faith in our ability to teach kids and to get on with it and stop sort of um, you know, making excuses for not doing it, um, which then brings you to why it is someone like Steve Chalk can say, let's get rid of the exam system, please, because then I don't have to, dare I say it, teach kids subjects. I can do something else and coursework sounds like a damn good thing because there's no pressure on that and I can I can deal with that um, and I, that's a bit harsh but it, I think there's a, some truth in it. Thanks Dave. Alex on yourself and then we'll go straight back out. Okay um, yeah so I mean just firstly on, on um, uh, assessments and um, whether there are other assessments I mean obviously already um, there is there is coursework in um, subjects like art. Um, so there are there are other assessment types um, in drama. There's performance element um, in music. Uh, again, performance uh, and in geography. There's a fieldwork element, which is is, is, is GCC is assessed by exams, but at, but at um, uh, A level, there's a uh, twenty percent is an independent study. And I think that's really good. You know, I think those. Um, uh, you know, I, I think those are valuable skills. So I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, I, I agree with Dave that exams are the best measure we've got, the most objective measure. But I'm, I'm not opposed to um, some, um, some variety in, in types of assessment. Um, and um, 
an EPQ as well. The EPQ is obviously a, um, something that gives gives students a chance to uh, demonstrate. Um, so it's not not just all on the day, but they can um, they they can do some coursework too. So yeah, I think um, I think having a variety, uh, you know, more than one option is is uh, you know is something we should be open to, uh, and especially in this this maybe in this year too. Um, on Alka's point about um, grade inflation and what's their use now, uh, I mean, it, I mean, it seems like sort of people are saying that you know the exam system's not working, therefore why keep it? Um, I mean, I just think it, it needs to be improved, and, and I agree with her that I mean, uh, at um, I mean, why have Oxford and Cambridge introduced their own um, tests uh, for students? Is because all the kids are coming to them with A's and A starts, so um, the point of that their purpose of sorting pupils doesn't happen if they are, um, uh, you know, if, 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 they, if there's grade inflation, too much grade inflation. Um, and, on, and on kids failing, I mean, again, I think, I don't think the exams are the problem. I think, um, uh, you know, I, th I think, yeah, there, there, are, there, are, um, there are problems with the education system and that it's not, uh, I think there's problems communicating um, you know, in terms of values with, uh, you know, I think particularly working classes and, um, but I think, so I think there are bigger problems to the system that need to be addressed than, than just, you know, exams isn't, isn't the answer or, or different assessment isn't the answer. I think there are bigger problems. So you can't just blame on exams. Thanks, Alex, really interesting. Um, I'm about to go back out and uh, I'm going to take in a wee second, Janine and Harley after that. But I want to say to everybody listening, We've got just under 25 minutes left and I want to think out loud about three things and I want people to come in and tell me what you think. Dave, first of all, says schools are about teaching knowledge and the best way to do that is that we need an exam. But has he convinced you of that? What type of exam? Should it be a national exam? Can you have an exam in the classroom where you assess what the kids have learned or within a school? I'm not following why Dave thinks it has to be a set of national exams. First question, or does Dave convince you and I'm just a doubting Thomas? The second question, uh, Dave had a pop at coursework. Alex is sort of defending a place for coursework. I'm interested in what people think about the coursework thing, yeah. uh, to what extent you think there's a, a place for that. And the I third agree. thing, the third crazy. question I have for people is, Alex says, yes, there's problems, but we need to improve the exam system. I, I'm, I'm going to ask people if the problems are deep rooted and there's lots of exam factories and people teaching to the test, why not just scrap the exam system, completely shake things up? And that might be a better way of improving things. Or is that nonsensical or too radical? So those, those are questions to think about in the last 20, 25 minutes, if anybody wants to pick them up. I realize I'm being provocative, of course. Janine, when you're ready, we're gonna have you. Okay. Hello, I'm, I'm Richard, I'm Janine's husband. Hello, Richard. <laughs> we're watching this together. Um, and it, 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 it was something that was touched on earlier, the extension of education to age 18. Um, I suppose given I'm probably older than most of you people there, um, I, I, I have 
I suppose, some very old fashioned attitudes. And one is, why on earth do we teach, do we keep children who were failing or who are just plain non-academic at school beyond the age of, of 16? And also to the extent that the people on this call have lived through that change, I think. Um, what can you say to convince me that that has actually been something that's been uh, good for our, you know, good for our country, that's actually produced people at, at, at 18 who are better people or more useful people in the workplace uh, than if they'd left school at 16. And just one idea which um, Jan has added to that and asked me to put in um, is would there be a benefit in um, taking those people out of education um, for the year 16 to 18 uh, and then bring them, uh, bring them back to complete their education you know, when they're at least older and, uh, and maybe more mature. Yep, did that completely an interesting question. Um, thanks very much. Um, Stephen, we're on to Harley, then it'll be Alka, and after Alka, it's gonna be Alison. Hi, um, well, I don't wanna make Dave feel like an old man, but I was, um, uh, I, I was uh, in the last year of uh, students uh, studying O-levels. So um, actually we felt sorry. I remember really strongly at the time we felt sorry for those who were gonna have to, in the year below, who were gonna have to do GCSEs because coursework seemed like such a nebulous and disconnected thing. Whereas, you know, O-levels, A-levels, A we, we felt like we were working towards something cumulative um and uh, and so on actually just to disagree with gareth slightly um you know who i think pointed out that you know exams aren't they just a bit arbitrary on the day depending on how you're feeling well i think at the time um certainly me and my friends we you know we felt that exams are pretty fair actually we did well in some and badly in others and we knew that on the day there was a bit of leeway, but broadly speaking, because there was a sort of body of work behind it um, that might either be really well understood or not um, and well grasped, then broadly we thought, you know, people recognised they got the result they deserved, I think. Um, but anyway, just to go back a bit further in history, um, Dave mentioned objectivity and the importance of external standards, and that was what exam provides for him. Now, I've been reading recently about a lady called Frances Mary Buss. She was uh, the first headmistress, that's what she called herself, the first one to do that. She set up North London Collegiate School in Camden back in 1850 to give girls a liberal like a broad um, education rather than a domestic education, which was the norm at the time. And this was at a time when people thought education full stop was just too stressful for girls. It would actually make them ill. And there was all these scientific reports claiming to uh, talk about the damage that it would do to people's health, to girls' health. Now she went against the grain. She entered her pupils in the Cambridge ex entrance exams, which were relatively new then. And they did really well. She proved that they were just as capable of, of doing difficult subjects as boys were. She you know, is objectively showing that for the world. 
Um, but also actually at the same time discovered that in some respects they weren't as strong as she thought and maths was a bit of a disaster but then that just made her go away and think right next year we're going to get that sorted and so they did and this was a key moment in the history of education of girls and it opened the doors which you know through which many others went um, but today you know um, you'd get people talking about you know the stress of exams or even school in general that you know it's just damaging to children uh, and uh, their mental health and so on and any talk attempt to talk about an objective standard will generally get you laughed at so I think we've lost that sense that an objective standard is possible and then uh, just another um, you know what, what I think taking the place of that is um, or partly is you know this belief you, you look at what the child the effort the child puts in and it's interesting I've just been reading this book um, hopefully you can see it, uh, The morality, or Moral Education by the sociologist uh, Emil Durkheim, written in 1925. And this goes back to first principles of morality and education. Absolutely brilliant book, highly recommend it. But just last night, I was reading this bit about the morality of rewards, as in exams. Uh, and he says, rewards should be for intellectual achievements. No one in their right mind would re reward effort. That's an immoral thing to do. Um, and it's, but you know, the teacher, it's something between the teachers and the kids, they recognize, they'll know that the kid has, has, um, has put the effort in and they'll recognize that and the kid will understand that. But to formalize it is immoral. And he says, were there, were there a price tag on good behaviors, such as, you know, making an effort in exams, they would promptly acquire, acquire a degrading commercial air. So do people think that's true or not? Thanks, Harley. Um, and Alka, yourself, when you're ready. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, just on uh, Mr. North, is it, or Janine's husband, I think, um, made a very good, good point. I think there's a, a desperate call for um, good vocational education in Britain. But the problem is that a good vocational education system will rely on there being um, like good industry and good businesses out there who A, exist, which um, is, is a bit uh, dicey, dodgy in England, and, uh, and have a sense of what they, you know, um, of their educational responsibility. And, and, and that clearly just, we're just like so far away from that in Britain that it's hard to see. So I don't think um, I, vocational education can't just be the whole preserve of education. It's got to be in alliance and close conjunction with businesses and um, industries, which uh, just, as I said, isn't there yet. On the, there's one thing though, on the, um, you know, the therapeutic kind of critique of exams, it's really worth remembering um, the fabulous point that Basil Bernstein made about um, explicit and implicit forms of assessment. So, um, you know, there's the, you know, exams are seen as this great trauma inducing uh, um, event. But um, as people have said, they, they needn't be that. And some kids enjoy them and, and the rest of it. But well, what you, if you then go again against that, what you have the implicit forms of assessment, which aren't, which I'm not saying implicit is necessarily coursework. You know, I'm very much for mixed forms of assessment. Um, but if it's implicit, what you then get is actually a constant surveillance of pupils, which can, you know, in, in terms of just like mental well-being, can actually probably be worse than, than the... Um, than the exam things, but and Kevin, I just quickly wanted to come back on your question of why not shake the shake everything up really radically because you know I, I have a lot of sympathy with that and I often feel like that 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 would be really good to do, but I think that's really wrong because you have to look at the actual reality of where we are now and the, 
you know, that would be good if there was like um, a substantial body of teachers, of educators and examiners and the public who had some kind of common view that we would agree with on knowledge mm -hmm. and education, but we don't have that. So, you know, mm -hmm. the, the actual real, real state, the material reality, if you like, on the ground in education is that it's very, very mixed. You know, it's been decentralized for decades. You've got, it's very arbitrary. It's very differential across the place. So, you know, and the cultural trends are not in our favor. They're quite negative ones. So if you were to shake things up, I mean, this is where I do agree with, with Dave, you know, that you, it's not great that it's the exam system that's holding it together, but in as much as it is, then, you know, gi giving it all up now, giving that little hinge up now, I, I don't think will create a productive flourishing. I think it will create the opposite. Interesting. Um, guys, let me explain the plan of action. It's a little bit after five past, I think, um, coming near 10 past, I think. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Alison in to make her points. And then I'm going to go to Dave and Alex to pick up whatever they want. And then I'm going to go out for the last time. And I'll start with Steve and anybody else who wants to say anything. And can I really encourage you? There's no such thing as a stupid question. You're allowed to think out loud. I'm not putting any pressure on a friend of mine who's been very quiet, who I know is a huge fan of coursework. Uh, and uh, it would be nice if he chipped in because he's got a lot of interesting things to say. But just to tip everybody the nod, that when we go back to the two speakers, when we come back out, that'll be the last time. So if you want to say anything, please do. Um, Dave, would you like to pick up anything that's been said by anybody? Oh, sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. My mistake. Um, did I say Alison first? Apologies, <laughs> Alison. Tell us what you're going to say. And then we'll go back to the two speakers. Apologies. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I, I work for the Centre for Personalised Education and we support alternative education in all of its forms. Um, and um, it's, it's a passion of ours that we think that there should be a range of ways of getting qualifications, a range of different qualifications that are suitable to the different aptitudes of children. We're not fulfilling our duty in law to educate children to their age, ability and aptitude, if we're putting them all through a system that's going to fail some of them and not, not measure their particular skills and aptitudes, and we're putting them through this inevitable failure, is um, there, are, there, are, there are children that, that I see every day that are never going to get GCSEs, but are forced to sit them at school and, um, and just come out with a waste of time, as was hinted at earlier. The, the other aspect is that we always have to remember those private candidates, in particular the home-educated children. Those home-educated children who have been absolutely systematically discriminated against this year. Um, we, you know, the, there's a massive campaign to try and get some justice for those kids who've done all of that work, who deserve a qualification as well. Um, so in any system that we look at in the future, we have to make sure it's accessible to all walks of life and people that are both in school and not in school. Thank you. Thanks, Alison. Thanks very much. Um, Dave, Alex, over to you lads to pick up what you want, and then we'll go back out to the audience for last time. Um, I, I, I kind of want to sort of have a go at Gareth's thing about kids who aren't going to do very well in the exams, because obviously, you know, that, that will 
uh, you know, pull at, pull at people a bit and think, you know, well, it, it, isn't that unfair? They're just going to get told they're a waste of time. But that depends on how you address it, right? So actually, you won't believe this after all I've been saying, but I don't think exams are the be all and end all of education either. So the point is that you educate, not that you assess. Um, and if you educate, even if a child uh, ends up with a grade one, two or three at GCSE, but you did them the respect and honor of teaching them the subject, then they may not get the qualification, but you've still educated them. And you know what? They'll understand that and respect it. Uh, and maybe a later stage, as a, a, I think one of our speakers said, at a later stage, they can come back to it. If you don't educate them because you think they're never going to get it, so you say, I won't educate you, I will not put you in for a GCSE, I will not teach you those subjects, then there's not a chance. You've, you've written it off and not even bothered to do, to do the, 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 the right thing by the kids, then I am totally against that. So for me, it's about the fact that one, we, we educate kids in the subjects that we think are important, the education we think is important, first and foremost. And then the assessment is a way in which we judge our success. And sometimes with kids, you can't do that. Sometimes there are kids who will not succeed at that moment, at that time, but you still try and give them respect of teaching them and giving them access to that knowledge. And what they do with it, in a sense, is up to them. Uh, obviously, you try your best with them. So I think that's really important. It makes it, it it's, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. And a lot, unfortunately, a lot of schools don't do that. They categorize the kids at an early stage and don't bother with them uh, and put them in a different route, pathway, whatever you want to call it. And they don't get access to that knowledge. And I think that is absolutely appalling. But Dave, are you saying that you can't take a young person and inculcate in them an intellectual curiosity and love of the subject unless you put them through an exam at the end? No, no, because the point is, right, um, you, you teach them, number one, that's the first thing, right? That's the starting point. You teach all of them. Then you assess them to give them at least the... The, the respect of saying, this is how much you know uh, on a public judgment. And the, the, I don't think it came across, maybe, but it's a public judgment of that child at that moment uh, under those conditions. And that means something, even if it's a, a, a bad score. It tells them, I've got work to do. I've got to think about what I am, how I am, and, and, and the effort and so on. I think Alex described some of the stuff that goes with examinations really well. And, and that helps them. That judgment helps them. It means they understand who they are. If we lie and say, pat them on the head and say, give them a piece of paper that says, here's a qualification in diddly squat, nothing. You've done really well. Um, that is not a judgment. That is a, a, that is a dismissal and uh, a cynical attempt to uh, avoid uh, telling them how well, well they're doing and it doesn't go well right so I think you know the whole thing about CSEs is everybody knew because uh, I can remember everybody knew that they were failed attempts to create a vocational qualification that didn't count for diddly squat and employers didn't like them either right so it doesn't matter you, you, you if you have a standard a national standard it's a good thing 
it, it gives kids I, I was talking to one of my kids today about this who, who said you know very honestly I know that it's uh, traumatic and and it's a challenge but I want to know that the work I've put in for the last five years is worth something I want to sit the exam okay it's really interesting uh, I've got so much I want to say in relation to what you've said, but I'm desperately going to try and remain an impeccably neutral chair. Um, so I'm going to go straight over. These are the, uh, Alex, sorry. We'll hear from you, Alex, then I'm going back out for the last time to the audience. Okay. I'll just pick up on the, the vocational educational, particularly that 16 to 18, because I mean, that's yep. one reason for keeping um, the, the exams at 16, because I mean, that's where the national curriculum ends. Okay. That's, that's the way they, it takes you to so getting a set of qualifications as best you can at that age is 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 important so but but yeah as alka said i think there is a place for vocational education that doesn't mean gnvqs and nvqs because we know what a, what a waste of time um, a lot of those were so um but it means proper vocational education which involves employers so i, I tend to think that i'd like to see more creativity around in that sort of 16 to 18 age group where um you know, a broader range of subjects. Why isn't philosophy being taught there? Um, you know, so it would be great to see kids having a broader range and then, you know, and vocational options being included in that. And and also you could say you didn't do well in your GCSEs um, at 16, uh, you know, some scope for being able to continue in some key subjects, obviously maths and English that, um, you know, employers really value. So, um, or sciences, so whatever it is, but some scope that you could continue that, you know, perhaps while you were doing um, vocational education as well. So I just think we can be more creative at that age, age bracket, uh, but I'll, I'll leave it there for now. Alex, that's great. Um, okay, so we're out to the audience for the, the last time, and Alex and Dave, when you come back, if you can just leave us with what you think is your, not so much your strongest point, but our, our takeaway point about this whole discussion about exams that you want to leave us with. So we're going to go Steve, Soph, Nicola, Harley, Gareth. Then we go to the final words from our two speakers. So when you're ready, Steve. Okay, thanks. Um, two hopefully very quick points. Um, some of the discussion, not particularly tonight, but, but outside this meeting, has been based on a false assumption that, quote, and this is a Conservative MP very recently, uh, children stay at school until the age of 18, why on earth should they take these exams at 16, unquote. Now, I suspect she's auditioning to, for, for um, Gavin Williamson's job, because that's the only thing I've heard a Conservative politician say about education that's more clueless than some of the things that he's said. Um, fewer than half of children stay in school sixth forms. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say children, I should say young people. Um, it's a hugely important breakpoint. More go on to FE colleges and sixth form colleges than stay in school sixth forms. Uh, and then there's apprenticeship and all the other options. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm really pleased that no one's actually taken this line here tonight because it, it would be a, a mistake. There's a huge breakpoint at 16. You need some way of, of, of knowing what young people have achieved up to that point, whether it's GCSEs as they are, or a different version of GCSEs or something else or a combination of different things kind of maybe matters less in some ways, but you need something, you can't just scrap the whole lot. Um, the other thing very, very quickly that I wanted to say was I'm really glad a couple of people have recognized the diversity of the system post 16, including the diversity of assessment. 
which at its best is a system that maybe schools could learn from as well. Thanks, Steve. Thank you very much. And Soph, over to yourself. Hi, it's actually Chris. Um, and I can't get the video working, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Don't worry. Don't worry, mate. Okay. Um, the point I wanted to make, really, I think um, what I've noticed over the last few years um, is a, quite a, a high degree of homogenization in the way in which a variety of different subjects are taught. And I suspect that uh, the emphasis on exams across the whole curriculum has led to a situation where lots of different subjects are taught in the same way because the criteria of assessment is the same. And my thinking is that we lose an awful lot of richness across the whole curriculum in, uh, uh, through this. If exams were replaced by coursework on, on math, we'd have the same problem, uh, only with lots of other problems um, uh, piled up on top of that. Um, I think we need to try to bring back um, subject-specific knowledge and, um, and more sort of autonomy within each subject as a separate discipline so that we start to engender more richness, more of a sense of um, learning in so many different ways and that we should take from that, we should take the unique value of each subject lead that into different styles of teaching and then that should be what leads to the assessment of what form of assessment um, is preferable. Really, really, really interesting. Um, Chris, really, really interesting. Um, we should more time now to come back on that actually. Um, I, I think we're on to, yes, Nicola, you'll be next then Harley and we'll finish with Garth before we go to our two speakers. You're ready, Nicola. Thanks, Kevin. Can you hear me? It's clear as a bell. Brilliant. Um, I wanted to say something about coursework, but can I just pick up on what Chris was saying about the subject knowledge and the uniqueness of the subjects? Yes, sure. And actually, it does link into my point about coursework. As a geography teacher myself, one of the things that I'm absolutely um, in arms about is the loss of the fieldwork element that we should have in this year's exams and aren't having yet the exam board have seen or sorry Ofqual have seen fit to keep the unseen fieldwork parts and for me as a geography teacher one of the things I do when I'm out in the field is I teach an awful lot of those skills because it's relevant they can see it and not having that opportunity is really detracting from what we're teaching in the classroom because some of those skills you just cannot develop in the classroom they've got to be done because they're geography specific and because it's the kind of thing that that students do need to experience particularly those that then go on to a level because they're going to be missing those key skills now ready for when they do their nea and with that what I, my argument is that i do feel coursework still has it has its place with particular subjects and i when we move to controlled assessment and now we're just on exams and we're on that um, paper three in geography where it is just an examined element, I do think we've lost something there that gave students the opportunity to be able to show what they know and what they could apply. And yes, I appreciate why um, a lot of coursework went, but I do feel that the argument is there, particularly for, for humanities subjects like my own, where 
you got that breadth of knowledge, that breadth of understanding that you didn't necessarily get um, to take through to the exam. And what I do feel is that I've become more of an exam churner as the narrowing of how I can teach my subject has, has occurred rather than being able to teach it simply for the passion of teaching geography, which is what somebody referred to in the chat earlier on, because ask me anything about geography when I'm in the zone for teaching that particular kind of topic and I can wax lyrical for ages. But when I'm being really narrow about it, ready for these exams, it does detract from it. And because there is so much content that we've got to get through, we're in a position where we're we are losing that passion because it becomes right today you are learning X, Y, Z. Tomorrow you will have to learn ABC yes. and moving it forward. We've got to see where that takes us. So, yes, I think there's an argument for keeping GCSEs as they are um, or at least looking at reforming them to suit different subjects better, but then to broaden out in other ways for those students who are less able, less capable. Nicola, I thought that was an incredibly interesting point again. Um, can I ask you an outrageously cheeky question? I, I'm sympathetic to what you're saying, but here's my really cheeky question. When it comes to coursework, what percentage of teachers do you think cheat on coursework or have cheated? Or do you think that's an outrageous slur? No, I, yeah, I, I totally understand why you're asking that question. And unfortunately, I do think the percentage is a higher, higher percentage. We could be talking something like 75, 80% of teachers. Um, I know for one, I was really, really careful about what I did um, to ensure that students were producing their own pieces. But I can't hand on heart and say that was the same for colleagues that I've worked with and certainly for evidence that I've seen in terms of coursework and how it was delivered how students were coached through it and that's why we that's why we lost it ultimately because too many yeah. were doing that great thanks Nicola thanks a lot for that Harley you're on okay um Alison just wanted to pick up on something Alison said um she made the point about children being good at other things that um exams don't measure. I think Nicola may have alluded to this as well. Now, I'm not sure if I'm being fair to Alison or representing a point correctly, but uh, I've certainly heard people say, a lot of people say something very similar, which is that, you know, exams don't represent the whole child. That's the phrase they use. They don't represent the whole child and children have so much more to offer. And that's all true. Um, but as, as Dave said, I think exams are not the be all and end all. They measure what they measure and they fulfill a useful role in that. And you can question maybe whether or not it's right that it, society values those particular things that, that get measured. But, you know, children can demonstrate other qualities they have in other ways. And that's like, that's what a CV is for. Uh, and often those thick qualities are what marks them out uh, when it comes to things like job interviews. Uh, but on the other flip side, would we really want every aspect of a child's life to be measured? Uh, that sounds like an absolute nightmare to me. Uh, so be careful what we wish for. Thank you, Harley. And last but not least from the audience, Gareth. Well, uh, I mean, if exams are being done away with in the school system, we've been talking about vocational education and different forms of assessment and so on. Uh, ex exams are, are, are coming in more. 
in vocational education. So where, where you know, you, you might have uh, wanted to be a carpenter or a builder or something and learn your trade through watching other people do it. Increasingly, that means you've got to pass written exams, very technical uh, written exams in these things. And so I think for me, that's a symbol that the exam system is just whatever it's trying to do is not delivering because it's being shoved above and the same alex mentioned maths and english our complete failure to educate people into a basic level of numeracy and literacy is now trying to be addressed in vocational education which is by then much too late and is a complete farce so whatever the problems are in the school system whatever happens with exams it will be i predict shoved above into post-16, post-18 education, not least with what the, the Prime Minister has announced last week. Thank you very, very much, Garth. Another great, great point. And um, Dave and Alex, uh, just before I go back to you, because I'm literally going to let um, Alex have the very last word of the night after Dave speaks, can I just thank all of our audience um, for your for your questions? They've been great and your your contributions. And uh, you can see amongst the education forum members is that there's a good little bit of healthy disagreement. There's some agreement, but healthy disagreement. And uh, tonight's like a work in progress, thinking out loud processes. As I personally, from a very selfish personal perspective, try to work through a bit more what I think of this whole um, discussion. So thanks very much to everyone. Um, and Dave. Um, over to yourself for your last nuggets of wisdom of the evening. Okay, please. all right. Um, uh, just uh, 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 the geography teacher who, who spoke about the loss of field work, uh, and I do, I do think field work's a, a great thing to do if you're in geography. Same as in science, it you know we do practical lab work, but you don't need to assess it. Just go and do it. Right? Why? Why do we need to have an assessment? that tells us we should do it why don't we just go and do it so if you don't do practical work in science because there's no assessment in it then you are really being stupid right uh, if that's a problem with your school and your school won't let you do it then you're gonna have to fight for it and argue for it and argue for the space to do what you think is right um, but there's absolutely no reason why um, we should sort of deny kids access to something because the public examination system dictates uh, otherwise uh, and I think uh, that that's where teachers have got the uh, you know got to stand on their own two feet and argue for what what they think is right for their subject and the, and the way it should be taught. Um, and I would stand by that. Um, and that's uh, I think a really really important important thing. However, bottom line, if we don't have an examination system, then I think we are doomed if we think we're going to be able to promote knowledge-based education in any form whatsoever. I think Alka sort of um, alluded to this a little bit earlier. You know, we're in a bad place, but it's not going to get better if we lose the exam system under you know, the, the disaster of COVID. It's going to get much worse. That's my point. So if there's ever a time to stand up and fight for the right to be examined, it is now. Stand up and fight for it. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. And Alex, straight on to yourself. Okay, yeah, you beat me to the uh, the geography coursework. Um, I was going to make the same point, um, but um, uh, uh, and, it, and it's not, and, and there's still going to be. Um, I believe there's still some, uh, it's still going to be some assessment of it. But 
um, but obviously they, they've taken away the that you have to sign that you've done the field work and so forth. Um, but uh, but it's also not a you know it shouldn't be seen as a permanent thing. I think it's it's just you know it's uh, while obviously we have the situation where it's very difficult to get more than a few pupils together, then taking them off the field work is obviously uh, a, a difficult thing. Um, but you know relatedly, Nicola, I mean, and and um, someone else was talking about narrowing the curriculum, um, and I mean it. You know, G GCSEs are not good as they are. Okay? I don't think anyone said that tonight. They they are too narrow and um, they don't reward um, independent thinking. Um, I know of teachers who kind of have to coach some of the brighter kids not to think too hard in the exams because they, um, you know, they they they're they're, in, they're they're quite formulaic in terms of the mind yes. and so forth. And uh, my least favourite words at the moment when I go into school. Our success criteria like I walk past classrooms and it's you know here's your question here's your success criteria it's just that's nice not education okay that's that's training kids how to pass exams and it's um it's despicable fact uh, quite frankly um anyway so I'd like to see exams reformed for independent thinking um and I guess to also to finish the I mean the the, the main um argument being put forwards is that the moment is that obviously they're they're kind of too stressful for kids. And, um, you know, we hear quite a lot of that, but actually um, Harley circulated some um, statistics uh, and um, this is in the negative. So parents parents who thought exams should be canceled, GCSEs, it was 26%, A-levels, it was 22%. So that means the majority are in favor of keeping them. Teachers um, uh, who would wanted to cancel GCSE and A-levels, it was 28%, um, and then 47% um, thought they, they shouldn't be cancelled. So, you know, I think I think there's it's there. We're hearing quite a lot, but of people, but I think they're a minority. And maybe maybe it's interesting why we're hearing so much from from that. Um, but um, you know, I think yeah, I think people, a lot of people out there still do value exams. Um, be good to hear what the, the more about from the students as well as to, as to whether they want to keep them. But yeah. Great, let's defend them. Alex, thank you very much. And Alex and Dave, thanks for giving up your time, lads, and making the effort to give us your your, your thoughts and provoking a, a really interesting discussion. I'm very selfishly taking lots of notes for myself, and I've got three full pages of, of um, good points from, from you and Dave and also from the speakers. I'm about to wish you a really good night and a good weekend, guys. But before I do, I'm going to pass over to Harley, who's the man behind the scenes, who keeps uh, me on the straight and narrow and all of his, and he might have a couple of the announcements or whatever. So Harley, you get the last word on the night. Uh, only just to remind everybody that if they've enjoyed the discussion, please, uh, please do uh, sign up or go, go to the Academy of Ideas website and click on the big colorful donate button and put a figure of your choosing into the, um, the box there and press send. Uh, it'd be much appreciated. Thanks everyone. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. I'm off for a nice glass of red wine on my Friday, Friday night. So uh, have a lovely evening, guys, and all the best. And thanks for, for coming.